Live from the backstretch at historic Saratoga Racecourse, this is Racing Across America with Seth Merrow. Racing Across America is brought to you by Pennell's Restaurant, a Saratoga tradition since 1922. 284 Jefferson Street, Saratoga, just minutes from the track. And the Clubhouse Racebook, 711 Central Avenue, Albany. When you can't make it to the track, make it to the Clubhouse Racebook. Good morning and welcome to Racing Across America on this Wednesday morning. Wednesday, the kickoff to week number eight, the last week up here at Saratoga. And again, always a little bit melancholy, but uh, we will go out with a bang over the next uh, few days, including the kickoff to the week today. A little bit later on, Joe and Ann McMahon from a McMahon of Saratoga Thoroughbreds. We'll talk a little bit about the breeding farm side of the game with the McMahons. That should be fun. After that, Acacia Courtney Clamont will join us. We'll get some thoughts this afternoon, maybe back on uh, the weekend, the Travers, and more. And our usual uh, Wednesday spot, kicking things off, uh, Saratoga Special crew today, Tom Law from the Saratoga Special. Tom, good morning. Good morning. Great to be here. That's nice, uh, humid, damp kind of morning here it, in Saratoga, but the rain stopped. It is a little close, but the rain did stop. I, yeah. I would say Donald Paulson's spot. I didn't notice it. Uh, you, you I heard it coming the, down okay. pretty good in the All right. night. All right. We were finished the paper very late, <laughs> too late. I don't know why, but uh, end up home about 3 a.m. I think, and uh, it's it was coming down. Of course, I ride my bike all over the place, including here this morning. I'm a little sweaty, but uh, it was um, it was just starting at three, and then I could hear it in the night pretty Gosh, loud. Yeah, you know? I didn't. I was probably. I was probably dead to the world. I didn't really hear anything yeah. overnight, but yeah, clearly we uh, had it. Um, give us a little update. Saratoga Special yeah. obviously out today, and uh, what, we have one more planned? Yeah, crazy. Uh, we have a huge paper that came out today, 54 pages, 56 uh, pages, 56 pages, because uh, all the Travers Day recap stuff, Showcase Day stuff, heard you mention Joe and Ann McMahon, great supporters of ours uh, through the years. Um, yeah, huge, uh, huge addition. With, uh, and we had the Little Guys Stable Tour. We brought it back this year. Uh, we, we Somehow it fell off last year through a series of crazy events that were scheduled. We had different guys scheduled, and we usually try to have one certain guy in the last edition. We got him scheduled for this year. That's Bill Mott. He's always in the last one. So somehow he had to reschedule. So I was like, oh, and the Little Guys, when we used to do a Sunday paper to close, we did, we did Bill Mott on Saturday, and we did the Little Guys on Sunday. So... We brought it back, first time since 2021, which isn't really that long ago. <laughs> but uh, uh, I, I noted that because I pulled it up online. I was going to yeah. talk about that. So if, if folks don't pick up regularly this Saratoga yeah. special, stable tours are a lot of fun. Uh, you have, get trainers kind of going through their barns, and you guys have a few paragraphs on yeah. uh, most most or all of their horses, and, and notably, you know, you're out at Pletcher and Mott and those kind of – but then every year or now getting back now to back, this yeah. year, the little guys who, who maybe have a more limited – number but uh, you, you cover I don't know what six or eight of them yeah I think we now it's more like yeah I think it was more like ten All right. uh, and, and some guys you know when we first did it we'd ask for like one horse from one guy or two guys or or ladies men men and women um, late, lately we kind of just say just give us like four or five you yeah, know yeah. and we just ran with it I mean it's like 4,800 words so it was a lot of uh, not, not that much editing the, the boys did a good job Sean and Joe and I we kind of get on the golf carts 
spread our wings a little bit. We go over the harness track, you know. We, and these guys are stabled in like, you know, they might have four stalls in Brad Cox's, the end of Brad Cox's barn, or they're in the annex, or you know, they're over in the harness track. Like Robbie Davis is over there in the this crazy harness track barn, and we go in there every year. And it's like, I was actually over there twice this year. I was like, oh, this is this is great, but it's fun, you know. And the, and the guys really give us some good insight. You know, they give us a lot of insight. They tell us all about their horses. You know, like this horse had a problem. This horse had a blister. This had a, you know, bo- uh, bruised frog and like all kinds of stuff. And not that the other guys don't do that, but um, it's cool to get that insight from. And and really, the the, the whole reason why we do it is just give a spotlight to these guys. Yeah, that yeah. We don't necessarily it's write great. about every day. Yeah. yeah. And these are the guys that they help fill the races. You yeah. know, uh, Robbie Davis is running. Uh, Valleluia today, of course, a fan favorite horse, as a lot of people know, and uh, he's, he, they're all, it's funny, they're all running, well, I'm hoping to run on Monday, I'm hoping to run on Monday, I'm like, they're going to need like 17 races on Monday, <laughs> all these little guys are running, you know, and, and we say little guys, we don't mean it as an insult, we just mean like more like little stables, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah, because you hear them refer to themselves as that a lot, yeah. you know, like, I'm just a little guy out here, you know, Melvin Winnie and, and uh, Michelle Gianjulio, and I was talking to her, and I was like, Michelle, I don't know. You're you're gonna need your own one next year. Yeah, so. well, she's tied in, of course, with Marcia Graham at ten strike. That's right. And, so. and and she's she's got nice horses. Seafoam yeah. uh, running Monday at, at Finger Lakes, kind of a cool horse, eight year old gelding, kind of fan favorite, a lot of personality, and spent some yeah, time with her. Yeah, Seafoam might have been the first time I had her on the show. I think he won a mm. stake up here a, a couple of years yeah. ago and I had her on the show. She the next claimed day. him and ran him back in the Evan Shipman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Short turnaround. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was for for Marshall. I'm yep. Sure. Back when it was a mile and eighth, and Marshall's a, a good guy. Gives gives. Uh, Gives young trainers yeah. a, a shot, um, spreads his horses out. You know, he's partners with Sean on Awakened, who won the yeah. Jonathan Shepherd. Yeah. So he, he, he spreads out a little bit, you know, which I think is good for yeah. the game, you know, yeah, overall. Yeah, on Sunday talking a little bit about that that nice win. Oh. And uh, he was still smiling. <laughs> We're still recovering. <laughs> and Vic said, yeah, if you haven't gotten your hug from Sean yet, uh, just line up because he gave that one up. And then yeah. Vic says to me, uh, has he given you a hug yet? And I said, no, nah, well, we took a big – and then he came over, he gave me the hug on, right. on the air. Right. So uh, yeah. it all played out. Very nicely. That yeah, was great his, fun. His uh, grade one up there. I'm glad you mentioned Valhalla too, because yeah. I meant to mention it during the handicapping show. Uh, we're certainly rooting for uh, local connections. East Ave Racing, uh, Robbie Davis, Jackie Davis on, as you say, last year a very yeah. popular victory at about twenty, <laughs> at about fifty bucks. Yeah. Um, but it, it was a lot of fun with the local connections oh, yeah. and, and Robbie and Jackie. Yeah, when they won, it was it was kind of cool because they won the race and the race was named for Doc Richardson, Doctor David Richardson, who was. A, a friend of ours, kind of a really like a mentor of sorts, you know. Like I've gotten to know him late in my professional career. I sort of knew who he was, but just a wonderful guy. And I served on the Godolphin TIEA awards with him. He was actually the head judge, and I'm the head judge now. And it's it's like a real honor to kind of even be associated with him. And so that was the race they they named for him. And so everybody was down there, and it was like we were here. <laughs> Sometimes you know doing the paper, we get kind of lost. Sometimes. And we're like, oh, like you see, all of a sudden we'll pop in for the stake and like. I hadn't been there all day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, watching the races like 200 yards away, but you know it's kind of like we have our own press box. Kind of our office is close by, so we miss stuff. But I was like, oh, I'm glad we didn't miss that because yeah. that was that was the highlight of the meet for me last year. Just yeah. being down there for that, it was a lot of fun. It and was a lot of fun. I've talked to Robbie about it, and you know, yeah, he's he's such a character. And just a, if you're ever if you're ever feeling down or just like a little bit off, find a Davis. You know, I mean, <laughs> any of them. They're such a bright light in the industry and just great people. And I, I've gotten to know Dylan a little bit, played a little golf with him this this year. Uh, 
And he's just a wonderful guy, too. I had Katie yeah. in uh, earlier in the meeting for another week. People are saying, oh, my gosh, she was bad. And she's bubbly <laughs> oh, and fabulous. Uh, never certainly stopped. So, never yeah. stopped. And yeah. uh, I will tell the, the Fox folks that a really nice piece on the, the entire thing. Oh, family. that was incredible. Yeah, yeah, I was over there talking to Marguerite, uh, Robbie's wife, about it. And they were just, you know, still over the moon about it. And just, yeah, it was fun. They said it was a lot of fun to do and all that, you know. Great uh, stuff. Let's go back and uh, get some of your thoughts uh, on the weekend. Uh, we'll pull up the, the replay of the stretch run of the Travers. Archangelo gets it done. Yeah. I was, uh, admittedly, I was a little concerned about the layoff. I went with Mage. Mage, uh, oof, uh, did, didn't I show went Mage, too. Yeah, oh. it, was, yeah. it was not, uh, but, uh, you know, Mage is in the back of the pack there, but Archangelo yeah. goes by, and clearly uh, a performance that, that pops him to the to the head of the three. Oh, absolutely! Class. You know, four four straight wins now. Of course, three uh, added the Travers to the Belmont, so he's got two Grade Ones. You know, he's beaten all the horses that he's That's supposed it. to beat he here. He beats the Derby winner. He yeah. beats the Pre- Preakness, and he beat last year's champion yeah. now twice. Forte on the square. So, I mean, hats off to Jenna Antonucci and her team. Uh, done a phenomenal job with this horse. You know, we always say at the office when you look at these smaller trainers, smaller size stable trainers they she basically has had one chance to to win a triple crown race in her career and she did it you know <laughs> she had one chance to win the travers and she did it kind of like a, a guy like barkley tag now he's had two really two legitimate chances maybe a few others on the fringe but a guy like john service chip woolly you know some of these guys they've had one chance yeah. to do it and they do it and i mean that, that that's a big accomplishment that i think is lost nowadays with all these large stables, these huge stables where they get lots of two-year-olds. And I don't begrudge those guys' business. That's what they do. But, you know, for a, a, a trainer like Jenna Antonucci, she doesn't have a whole lot of horses to train with Archangelo. You know, think about how good he is. Uh, and you want to breeze him. Yeah. Sometimes guys like to breeze their horses in company, you know. Yeah. Chad and Todd yeah. and Bill Mott and, and Christoph, they have that luxury. They have a lot of good horses to work with each other, but yeah, Jenna, right. never she doesn't necessarily that. have You're that. right, because most of these big guys will. And when yeah. you read the workout reports, oh, work with this horse, and you're thinking, oh, y'all work yeah. that or oh. And, and that, particularly and that, if, you're, if you're trying to make this happen off a 77-day layoff. Absolutely. That plays a huge role, and guys have a huge percentage winning first time out. Because a lot of times, <laughs> this isn't really their first race, yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah, They've yeah, already yeah. had some competition in the morning, and they're whittling them down like a, a NCAA tournament bracket. Yeah, you know, yeah. who's good and who's going to put yeah, with yeah, who? Let's see what we got. So uh, the other nice story there was uh, there was a press conference after the race uh, over in the jockey's room, and, and Jenna was there, the owner, and Javier Castellano. And Javier Castellano <laughs> noted, uh, I, I, it hadn't even dawned on me. Clearly, it, it was fresh in his mind as it should. But he said, last year I wasn't even here. I he couldn't get a mount on Traverse Day, so I was down at Monmouth. Two years ago, I had one mount on Traverse Day in a maiden special race, Absolutely. and he comes back and wins the Traverse for his seventh time. I think he was riding hurt, you know, last the last yeah, couple of years yeah. before he took a little bit of time off. But uh, talk about a resurrection, or, or not necessarily a total resurrection. He hasn't gone into oblivion by any means, but what a year he's having. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, should we engrave the Eclipse Award? You know, I hope that the voters, you know, <laughs> I don't. I try not to get into how people are going to vote. If I ever say anything as the president of the Turf Riders, people are like, you shouldn't tell people how to vote. But <laughs> don't just look at the stats, you know. I mean, look at look at the races he's won and the company he's kept. I mean, he's won the Derby, the Belmont, and the Travers all in one year. Um, <laughs> that's I, a pretty good resume. I, I will say Bick made that case for you on the weekend. He put up he put up the stakes resume for oh, Javier, and he said, yeah, the, the, it, it's already in the bag. Good. Well, I'm glad Steve's doing the homework for me. <laughs> I, maybe he can do the last edition of the paper for us, too. 
That'd be great. <laughs> he'd, he'd, probably, he'd probably be guest editor. I, I think that. Oh, all right. Let's go. <laughs> we got one more. <laughs> uh, let's also hit on a couple of other performances on the weekend. Gunite and Echo Zulu. We'll take a look at the four. Uh, the four go here. Um, switches things up with elite power. We were looking forward to the the rematch. Uh, Gunite kind of got the jump here uh, off some you know reasonable fractions earlier, and Gunite keeps going. Elite power comes up the rail. Doesn't really kind of threaten to the point where you were worried if you had uh, Gunite. But again, nice performance for uh, the Asmussen yeah, runner. Quality horse like Gunite gets twenty three and, and forty six. It's going to be pretty yeah, tough yeah, to yeah. beat him, even with a champion sprinter. Like elite power, and they finish in twenty-one and change. I mean, they, these are these are solid racehorses, you know. I mean, Gunrunner, of course, had a huge day. Probably going to segue yeah. into the next one with Echo Zulu. Yeah. You know, between Gunrunner and Curlin, I mean, they're they're one. We we run a kind of a cool chart in our in our oh, paper. Oh, yeah. It yeah. shows the leading leading sires by stakes wins yeah, and wins. Count that as well. It's come down to, to, to the end. end. Yeah, yeah, here is Echo Zulu getting it done. Also for uh, Asmussen, and she beats uh, last year's champion, Goodnight Olive, but she's put in two. Spectacular performances at the meet. Yeah, look, I'm going by three quarters and eight and yeah. eight and three, and Echo Zoo. You want that's what you want, Saratoga, right? Champion yeah. versus champion. I mean, these races. Sometimes these races are better, end up better than the Breeders' Cup. And I mean, hopefully we get an, another rematch of those two out at Santa Anita. But I mean, it's hard to ask for anything more um, than than those two fillies. And you know, the admiration that Steve and his team have for for his his good horses. You know, I, I like to see it. You know, you can tell that. He respects them, and he really respects the history of the races here at Saratoga, and you know, just obviously do a phenomenal job. Yeah, Goes without saying. Tied in with Ron Winchell and Gunrunner yeah. over the past couple of years has certainly been very beneficial. For yeah, must and grow. Not yeah. that they don't do well with their other horses, also, right. but uh, boy, that uh, certainly on the weekend that was uh, yeah. proven out. And second um, with Disarm and the Travers. I mean, yeah, what yeah, a huge yeah. Day. yeah, yeah. No, that was. Uh, nice second-place performance. We had Scott Blasian on the weekend. We talked yeah. about that. It was a big weekend he when you add in that, that performance. And I thought Disarm was an interesting. I had talked about the handicap. Yeah. So if you were looking for an alternative, I thought he was a little bit interesting, and he did run very well. Definitely. Uh, usually when we get the Saratoga special guys in on a Wednesday, we'll talk about the steeplechase. But, again, if you didn't hear uh, with the weather last night, steeplechase has been canceled. The turf races are off the turf. But yeah. when you sat down, I said, you got something, and, and I, I mentioned uh, I had my dark horse play today today in race number six, and I said maybe we can compare notes there. Now I want to compare notes. Sixth race today, 12-5 uh, uh, claimers, seven furlongs to the trip, and again, I took a little shot with Ghost Giant, 8-1 to one on the morning line yeah. as my uh, dark horse play today. I have it 6-4-3-5. Your thoughts in the six? Yeah, I, I we had the same horse. I, mean, I don't know. We both had Mage in the Derby, so hopefully we don't go that <laughs> route, but... Uh, you know, this this race to me was just kind of wide open. Uh, you know, Dave Donk, he's he's, he's only one for one for the meet, but his horses are running well, and yeah. I think they usually always end up improving after after a run or two. He's going to the grass here with a frost giant. You know, an old horse, eight year old, but you know maybe that maybe we'll get a few scratches in here. He just looked like a logical horse that was going to be probably a good price. You know, going to Flavian Pratt from Johnny, so it's not not like a huge change there. But yeah, I, I and I went with Digital Future. Uh, the three in the second spot, and then uh, another semi-price horse in the five. First deputy is five to one. Um, <clears throat> who's run some decent races on the on the dirt and, and is coming off the claim and was a horse that was in the little guy's stable tour today. Oh, nice. Yeah, nice. yeah. I uh, have those right in the mix as well. You mentioned being across the street. You know what? I, I have never been to the thoroughbred barn area oh, yeah. across the street. Uh, yeah, you can go like you go 
through Clare Court, take the road, and then there's a there's a little gap. And Linda Rice, when she trains her horses, they come across that oh, gap. Oh, walk I'm across. in every morning. I am well aware. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. You're held up, right? Yeah. All the yellow shirts. Yeah. But yeah, you just walk right in there, or you could use. Your, I you get your media credential. I drive right in the. We take our golf cart down the path, and go right in the harness track gate right there. And then the, there's a barn number number four, harness four. That's where like the some of the overflow is uh, for some of the bigger stables back here, but. Some of the smaller guys are back in there, too. Yeah, nice, nice, nice. Yeah. Uh, so, again, uh, today there's an issue out that has the little guide, guide tour, highly recommended. Uh, you can pick the paper up here on the racetrack around town, um, but you can also get it online at thisishorseracing.com. And today's issue, brand new, and then one more yeah. issue. Yeah, issue 19, we got one more to go. Issue 20, Jockey Club Gold Cup Day, when we kind of say farewell, and, and uh, we got some good stuff planned, so been a great year you know thanks to the advertisers the great supporters all our readers you know joe mcmahon offset here he's one of our one of our most loyal supporters over the years we appreciate him and, and everybody else and wish all these guys the best of luck with their horses and it's a busy time of year for them with september sales and october sales and november sales coming up so it's a big time of year and we appreciate their support wish you the best of luck as well you uh joe and sean the entire team up the press box the entire meet have seen the the uh interns yeah. running around and, and doing their great work as they they normally do yeah. and again it's been a great summer for you guys i always say the saratoga special a really good good fun part of the saratoga meet a dedicated horse racing dedicated newspaper uh that we can rely on throughout the meet you guys have done another good job and and tom uh good luck to you going forward as uh head of the NTWAB, National Turf Writers and Broadcasters yeah. Association. I know that involves a lot of work as well, and yeah. you do a great job there, and that uh, will certainly ramp up as we leave Saratoga and move on to Keeneland and the Breeders' Cup yeah. coming up as well. We're going to announce our award winners this week. Uh, we've already decided who they are, and we're going to – we voted on them. So uh, the Wednesday prior to the Breeders' Cup is our awards dinner. It'll be a, a fun event to go to uh, at the Derby right there at Santa Anita. So. Uh, a lot of fun. Yeah, a lot of good times coming up. We still got the interns going. Like Some of them are not all in college. We lost one that went back to college, but we still have uh, still have a team in place, which is good for the last issue. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so, again, thanks to you, uh, Sean, Joe, for the great work with the Saratoga Special. Yeah. Thanks for stopping in on Wednesday. Thank you for having us. It's been great. All right. We will head to a break. When we come back, Joe McMahon is in the house. We'll talk a little bit about the breeding farm side of the game and more. All of that right after this. Stay tuned. Turn your love of racing into savings with equine discounts through the NTRA. Purchase through equine discounts and receive great savings on well-known brands like John Deere, Sherwin-Williams, Big Ass Fans, Farmers Insurance, and Office Depot. Join thousands of other equine members and support companies that give back to the sport we all love. Call 866-678-4289 or visit equinediscounts.com to start saving today. Sometimes it pays to go with the flow, to check your worries at the door, to reconnect with your crew, to follow the thrills and the flavor, to roll with it and see where it takes you, to enjoy every minute to its fullest, and to dance like there's no tomorrow. You can do that here at Rivers Casino and Resorts Schenectady, where the good times flow. 
No matter where in the world you are, the excitement of wagering on horse racing is just a click away. You'll get live streaming, past performances, race replays, our virtual tote board, analysis and selections from professional handicappers, a simple, safe, and secure wagering platform, and best of all, you get track prices. CapitalOTBBet.com. Bet any place, anytime at CapitalOTBBet.com. And be sure to download our new mobile app from the iTunes Store or Google Play. Welcome back to Racing Across America on this Wednesday morning. Again, as we leap into uh, closing week up here at Saratoga, happy to be joined now by Joe McMahon from uh, McMahon of Saratoga Thoroughbreds uh, Breeding Farm, really minutes from the racetrack. And I thought it'd be fun to, to come in and talk a little uh, on the New York uh, bread side of the game, breeding side of the game. We talked uh, New York breads. We had Naj Thompson in the other day from the New York breeders, but let's have somebody who's actually doing it uh, with the farm just outside of town, and it's Joe McMahon. Joe, good morning. Morning. How you doing, Seth? Pretty good, and and fill us in. If somebody walked up to you and, and you said, I'm Joe McMahon, I have a breeding farm in Saratoga, and they said, well, what does that entail? Fill us in on what owning and operating a breeding farm does entail. Well, this breeding farm entails uh, a lot of client horses, a lot of farm-owned horses. We full about a 120 babies a year so it's uh, it's one of the largest farms in the state and certainly one of the oldest so it's uh, we get a lot of repeat business we uh, we do some layup work during the season here local guy uh, local trainers will send horses out for a little refresher after they run uh, but our main business is full and mares raising yearlings selling the the yearlings and standing stallions of course uh, run through some pictures I pulled off uh, your website. It looks like just a gorgeous facility. Again, you are literally minutes from the racetrack, correct? We are. Uh, we bought that place in 1970, uh, the year Ann and I were married. And um, it was formerly owned by Liz Whitney, who was a <laughs> well-known breeder uh, nationally and internationally. And uh, I had made her acquaintance through working on the racetrack. I was only in the my early 20s then and and um, she was in the waning years of her career so we went there and stayed there as a caretaker for the first year and then uh, we bought the place in 71 and uh, started building the farm it was Liz never had she had a couple of horses there she had maybe two but it was the it was 100 acres there and it was all in uh, she had planted Christmas trees that's a hundred thousand of them yeah, so it was a it was a lot of work to get rid of the Christmas trees and get it back into fields. Well, but it was, it was a great place, so close to town. In the first few years, were you still selling the Christmas trees? Oh yeah, yeah, for about <laughs> ten years, we kept selling them every year. We'd we'd get some income from that, clear a little more land, and uh, it was a it was quite a work. <laughs> Did you foresee then what the farm has become? Uh, I don't think so. I mean. 
originally we Ann and I had both had some racetrack experience and uh, we were thinking about uh, uh, training and owning our own horses and uh, we did that until about 1982 uh, but it was it was too difficult the farm was getting bigger and uh, it was just just too difficult it was a lot of fun well talk about your background and what what got you into the horse racing game and and uh just reading a little bio information your your wife was a skidmore student so that brought her to saratoga i have two sisters that that were graduates of skidmore as well but but what what got you involved in the game in the first place well i'd always been a horse enthusiast and uh from the time i was probably in fifth grade or so 10 11 years old i i had bought a uh you know, riding horse and was riding and competing in local shows and all that stuff. So I, I had that uh, interest and that experience. And when I was uh, 15, my uncle Howard, who was a, a groundsman here at the racetrack, uh, got me hooked up with, uh, with the jumpers. And uh, I started riding jumpers up in the Oklahoma Annex. And uh, that gave me my start into the horse business. Uh, very good. Um, and now you know, your family's involved as well. Your kids are all involved in, in some fashion or another in the yeah. horse game and in your farm. Right. We've got five children. Uh, we've got three girls and two boys. And two boys are the oldest. Uh, Mike is in Kentucky in his own business, but he's still active in our business. The farm is actually owned by uh, a limited partnership of the kids and Ann and I. So we've got Mike, who's the eldest. Uh, then John. John runs this farm here along with his sister Jane, who's the third member of the family. And uh, then we behind that we've got Kate. Kate's the head of sales at Darley in Kentucky. And then uh, Tara is the youngest. And Tara is a, uh, lives on the farm and, and is involved in in all aspects of it, like all of them are. Nice, nice. And I read one of your kids uh, went through the Flying Star program, too. That was Kate. Yeah. Kate went through the Flying Start program. She graduated from Cornell and didn't really have any, wasn't sure what she wanted to do. Uh, she had been around the, you know, the racehorse breeding business uh, since she was a child and, uh, you know, had some interest in that. But the, it was a brand new program. It was the first year. And Jimmy Bell, I talked to him one day and he told me that, that they were doing it. And uh, so we talked about it some more. And, and like I said, Kate was a recent graduate of Cornell. So she got into that and really uh, was a wonderful thing for her. Yeah, we've had uh, over the years a number of the graduates. This year, Tom Morley was in here and Alex Sauceville, mm-hmm. who was a big high school basketball player down in Scotia, but right. he's in the, the program uh, this year. And, and it is certainly an impressive program where folks go uh, all around the world. You mentioned, uh, you know, foaling, breeding, foaling uh, there. I'm always curious because I think a lot of people don't know, and I talk to people who do full watch and whatnot. Talk a little bit about going from the actual breeding of the horse through the foaling process, and particularly that, that couple of months where, where you guys are, are literally 24 hours a day paying attention right. to these mares. Well, the mares are, uh, they we start watching them closely about five weeks before they foal, and we have full-time staff who's in the barns. Ann and I did that for years and years, up until about 20 years ago, we just said, this enough but uh, but we have full-time staff and they're dedicated horse people they are people that really uh, they're there all night long in the barns we have different shifts we have 3 to 11 11 to 7 and then we have day watch so it's it's an intense time of the year uh, 
mares will foal without warning at times. Most of the time you have a pretty good indication when they're going to foal. But with a farm as large as this with the number of foals, we, uh, we have foals all the time, starting in February and going right through to the, about the 1st of June. We're, we're quite busy. Yeah, and, and again, I've talked to the people who are on that fall watch, and it's, it's like it's quite intense for a couple of months. It, it, it's extremely intense March through April, extremely intense, and then it slows up a little bit. Um, also, you guys are notable, and I'll let you talk a little bit about it because he's been in the news. Uh, the passing of Funny Side made news. There was a nice event uh, over at Ciro's the uh, week or so ago, and that was well attended. Uh, Funny Side uh, buried a couple of days ago right here um, at Saratoga. But Funny Side, born at McMahon. Talk a little bit about what that meant to the farm. Well, the farm was uh, it meant a whole lot to us. It, it, it gave us a national presence. It gave us tremendous exposure. The Triple Crown run was just incredible. And, uh, you know, Jack, uh, being a local Saratogian, uh, you know, was would come out to the farm and he was interested in what was going on. So it, it built a lot of relationships. It was, uh, it was a wonderful time. It was, I, I said on NBC News one time, what's it like? And I said, uh, it's like your kid growing up to be a major leaguer playing for the Yankees. <laughs> That's what it's like. It's, yeah. it's beyond, beyond. Yeah, that's that's a, a pretty good analogy because, yeah, yeah, I, I'm sure, you, you know, you look and you see that foal and you're not imagining, yeah, a few years down the line, the Kentucky Derby yeah. winner. So when the, that all comes to fruition like that. And he had a nice two-year-old season that I'm sure got you guys going and then winds up in the Kentucky Derby and winning that. That'd be great. Yeah, it was really pretty amazing. We bred seven mares to distorted humor uh, that year. He was a freshman sire, and Windstar was just – coming into operation. It was Prestonwood Farm before that. And Doug Cawthon, who was a longtime friend of ours, was running it. And we did a we did a deal where we we bred seven mares to distorted humor and uh, fold them here in New York. So the plan was to to get distorted humor off the ground and uh, to get us, you know, mares that were going to be registered New York bred offspring. And it worked beyond imagination. Of those mares, we had five graded stakes winners. It was incredible. <laughs> it was absolutely incredible. And you also have to feel good that you're taking a shot with a brand new sire. Right, right. And it, and it was. And and he wasn't real popular. He, uh, you know, 49er had been exported to Japan. And uh, the stored humor was just not, it wasn't everybody's flavor of the day. Yeah. So we pushed him pretty hard and, uh, and got him off on a great start. And the rest is history. Yeah, and again, that uh, certainly funny side, you know, being bred locally was part of that whole story. Uh, um, and talk a little bit about, because again, you've had the farm now going back to the 70s, so you've been there really through it. I, I you know, uh, had Naj Thompson in the other day, as I say, head of New York Breeders, um, so we've talked a little bit about the program with him and others. And I always go back to Fio Rito winning the, uh, the the Whitney. Breaks through the gate, wins the Whitney. And I think Les Hewlett was even on that day That's from right. Finger Lakes. To me, that was kind of a, a, a race that, that put the New York Bread program forefront. But talk a little about, because you've the number of years you have really seen the New York Bread pro- program blossom. Talk yeah. about that. Yeah, it was, it's kind of interesting. We were We started our farm before the legislation was passed which formed the New York Breeding and Development Fund. So we had we had been in business, we bought our first mares in 68 over here at Faisley Tipton and um, 
One was a $200 mare, the other was a $700 mare, just as an aside. But it, uh, it, it has grown just tremendously, tremendously. Uh, it, it went through a real spurt of growth from the mid-70s up until the, the mid-80s. The Reagan tax years kind of slowed it down a lot. It was the era of limited partnerships and sheltering money and all that stuff. And all that came to an end with the Reagan uh, tax renewals or changes. So it's, it hit a real peak, then it dropped off, and then we got it going again in the 80s where we, uh, you know, or the late 80s where we changed some of the rules and let people go out of the state every year to start breeding their mares to Kentucky on a regular basis. We instituted the sale here in Saratoga, which was a, uh, a fledgling attempt to, to build a marketplace, and now that sale averages $100,000 a year per animal. The first sale, I think we sold, probably there was four local breeders, and, and uh, Jerry Nielsen had a consignment there. We probably sold... 25 horses, and uh, it was a tough deal, but we made it work. Um, and that, that sale has become very popular. I mean, obviously, there's the sale earlier in the week, the big sale, but this one uh, still gets a big crowd and, and gets a lot of action as well, and some notable horses have been sold through that over the past few years. Did you participate this year? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we've never missed a sale. We had uh, we had 16 horses in the sale this year. We sold 11 of them. Yeah, very so it was good. good. Um, and let's talk a little bit about some of your sires. Uh, went to the website, and, and folks can find more about the uh, sires on the website. But I pulled up. Uh, we're going back to um, end of May. We're going to look at the commentator. Banquet is going to uh, get it done. Banker and offspring of Central Banker. And if you follow New York Red Racing, certainly Central Banker is there on the page a lot. Talk about Central Banker as a sire. Well, Central Banker is a Spitestown horse. He was a horse that, that uh, was for sale, his career ended here at Saratoga. We went and looked at him as a prospective sign. It was in the TDN that he was going to retire. So we went and and, uh, and looked at him and decided that he wasn't just what we wanted. The comment was that he was too small, and everybody thought he was too small. There's a picture of him on the yeah. screen now. He's, uh, he's a tremendously well-balanced horse. He's very efficient, sound. Uh, get sound horses, you can breed them to anything, you can get a runner. He's a, a wonderful stallion. Bankett, uh, certainly proof of that, as he's had a really fabulous career, not just against the New York Reds, but he's competitive against the Open Reds as well. Yep, yeah, he's won several Open races. Central Banker had nine stakes winners last year, two of them graded. That's a remarkable feat for a, for a regional stallion. Uh, he has been and is the leading stallion outside of Kentucky for three years now. Oh, so of all the all the stallions in the country, you know, the other big states being Florida and California and Maryland and of course Canada, our neighbor to the north, uh, it's quite a feat yeah. to to have that notched in it. And that's three years running. Very good. Let's talk about another sire and just pulled this one up from the other day, uh, August twenty seventh, just a few days ago. Debut runner solo shot. It was an off the turfer solo shot. Takes uh, advantage of that and is going to win very nicely. Offspring of Solomini. Talk a little bit about Solomini as a sire. Well, Solomini is a son of Curlin. Um, in solo shot here, we're seeing the, the the race the other day from Saturday. He uh, he just he sold for a lot of money to over two hundred thousand in the April sale this year at OBS. Uh, George had him here, and we'd go see him, and George said, well, he's, he's a lovely horse, and I don't know how good he is, 
but uh, he showed the other day that he's going to be, he's got a future, I would say. Yeah. Uh, he made the TDN as a notable two-year-old first-time starter, oh, nice. and, yeah. and that's a rare thing for a New York sired yeah. horse, still. Yeah, and overall, Solomini, what brought him to the farm? Yeah, Solomini, we were very fortunate to get him. He's a curlin. Uh, he was in California uh, with Bob Baffert. He had a very good two-year-old year, second a lot of times in graded races, two grade ones, notably the the uh, forerunner stakes in the uh, uh, Breeders' the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. So he was second in both those races. He actually won the old cash call futurity. Uh, he got beat by McKenzie, but he didn't get beat. He won the race and he was taken down. So it's how this business works. We can't afford, you know, multi-million dollar horses. We buy the, the horses that kind of slip through the cracks. And uh, because he didn't get that grade one credit, we were able to buy him. And, um, and I think that I think he was just the best buy we ever made. <laughs> That's interesting. He's first under the finish line, but you still, because he doesn't actually get the... He didn't he, get... He, he sneaks through the, as you say, gets, goes through the cracks very good. Uh, one more, sorry, I'm pronouncing it, Reedsdale? Reedsdale. Talk about him. Reedsdale's uh, uh, another Salamini, or excuse me, another Spitestown. He was trained by Brendan Walsh. He was a very, very good horse. Uh, he ran four times. He won three. Uh, he got consecutive buyers of 90, 94, 98 uh, in, his, in his three starts. In his last start, he got over 100, and he, and he injured his knee badly. So we like Spitestown, and uh, this horse is out of a full, part of, uh, full sister to Dane Hill. So he's probably the best red horse on the East Coast, certainly. And uh, he was bred to very ordinary mares. We had a hard time getting him going and still have a hard time. But he's proven that he can get a runner. Uh, Ramblin' Wreck, you know, has yeah. been very good. Uh, but he had the, you know, he had a winner of the uh, New York Stallion Stakes in December last year. He's, uh, he's a very underrated stallion. And uh, we're going to breed a bunch of mares to him this year. Nice, nice. Um, and I think we, we have uh, your, your web address on there uh, to come up. If folks want to visit that, you can get a look at some of the pictures on the farm and whatnot and learn more about some of the stallions. You also have a good little uh, link that, that keeps you up with entries for horses by your stallions and results as well so people can get more information uh, right. at the website. But, uh, Joe, we appreciate the visit this morning. Again, I wanted to get somebody in uh, that could talk a little breeding farm side of the, the game because I always say it, we have people, I think, who are watching, particularly Saratoga time, who are new to the game, and so I like to fill them in all, all the aspects, and particularly when we have one that's like three minutes away from the racetrack. Uh, that adds uh, something special to it. So thanks to you. Good luck going forward, but certainly congratulations so far. The great success for McMahon of Saratoga Thoroughbred. You, your wife, and the entire family. Thanks, Seth. I appreciate that. And, uh, yeah, we're a work in progress after 55 years. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the horse racing game is all about. Thanks for having us. Appreciate it. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, Acacia Clement will join us. Stay tuned. Thanks.
just watch the races when you can be in the middle of the action. For nearly 20 years, Bonaventure Stables' share-based ownership program has made thoroughbred ownership affordable for the everyday fan. Ownerships of 5 and 10% are now available on a nice selection of horses. As a partial owner with Bonaventure Stables, you'll enjoy all the benefits afforded every owner. Visit with your horse in the private stable area. Greet the trainers and jockeys in the paddock. And when your horse wins, savor the moment in the winner's circle at Saratoga, Belmont, Aqueduct, or wherever you bring home the prize. Based in historic Saratoga Springs, Bonaventure Stables has been training winners and creating memories since 2005. Learn more, see available horses, and meet our team at BonaventureStables.com. Welcome back to Racing Across America. As promised before the break, happy to be joined now by our friend Acacia Clement. Uh, you see her Naira pregame show, uh, the Fox, America's Day at the Races, Saratoga Live, and more. Acacia, good morning. Yeah. Hey, good morning, son. Nice to see you. Nice to see you, too. As I say, you're, you're out there all the time on the Naira programs and the Fox, but uh, I was thinking as I was driving in this morning, I think it was years ago, Mick actually shot something with you uh, for Thorofan years and years ago That's when you, right. when you yeah. were kind of... Yes. First making your your appearance. Uh, we have we have seen the progression. Yes, yeah. Now I'm really only ever two places. I'm Winter Circle and Paddock, and I just sprint back and forth between the two of them all day long. So that's pretty much it. But it's uh, it's been a lot of fun. It's been um, a, a very um, a lot of ups and downs throughout the summer, uh, to put it that way. And um, you know, but I think at the end of the day, Saratoga means a lot to all of us, and and we're just really focusing on a lot of the really wonderful storylines that we've gotten to see. The Travers was spectacular this weekend, and um, unfortunately off the turf today. But the sun is shining now, and yeah. that's Saratoga and yeah. the beauty of it. Well, we were talking about Saratoga, the weather certainly this season. We've seen it just over the last hour and a half go through pretty much every iteration of uh, weather. Um, you brought it up, and so we'll pull it up. We'll pull up the replay of uh, the stretch run to the Travers last weekend and uh, get some of your comments. I thought great performance by Archangelo, obviously, added one of those storylines that you kind of alluded to, which is what Saratoga is all about, the horses and the humans, and this had a little bit of both of that with uh, Jenna Antonucci and Javier Castellano, his seventh Travers win. Uh, I've Clearly, this puts him at the top of the three-year-old class. Your thoughts on the Travers? Oh, I completely agree that he's at the top of the class now. Um, he was a horse that I was 
I loved going into the Traverse. I think that, um, you know, hats off to Jenna and her team, too. She stuck to her guns, and she said, we're going to train up to the Traverse. This is what's right for the horse. And so it's just, it's really cool to get a chance to see that for a number of reasons, especially, you know, being a woman in racing and getting a chance to see a female trainer who is more than capable, and there are so many women on the backstretch who are exactly that, and seeing her get a big opportunity with a horse like this, and for a small trainer as well, doesn't have a lot of horses um, before the Belmont Stakes, and, and she and I had talked about this, the biggest win that she'd had in her career was a horse named Dr. J-Dub winning a grade three at Parks. And now she's won two of arguably the biggest dirt races in America in the Belmont and the Travers. And so it's just really, really cool to see that story. Um, I think that uh, when the rainbow came out over Saratoga and Archangela was in the winner's circle, it was that story that we were all hoping for, that we all really needed to see. And I just couldn't be happier to see it all panning out um, for somebody I can or a friend as well and for a horse that's really really good um it's just really fun to follow of course by the late arrogate who won the traverse so impressively too yeah and again it was a great story and added to that female perspective really all year long linda rice yeah. having a fabulous year and a fabulous saratoga had katie davis in here earlier who's having she a good meet best. herself and she yeah. was she was just a lot of fun to have in um and jenna jenna which a great training job i will admit i downgraded Archangel a little bit because of the layoff and she said in the press conference afterwards the naysayers just <laughs> made her push all the harder and good for her a 77 day layoff you go back to Birdstone he did it off an 84 day layoff won the Belmont and won the Travers so it was doable I was just concerned but hats off to her for accomplishing a tough feat yeah absolutely and I think it's it, you know as handicappers that's our job is to look are there any sort of question marks that we might have but the way that he was training and yeah. Jenna actually even commented this to me at the post position draw Robert a regular exercise rider she said I think he needs an oxygen tank for trying to hold Archangelo in the morning and that's so true I mean he was just like a bear in the mornings you could see he was just thriving and uh, and like I said and, and I, I love that quote from her it, it's great to see um the owner John Ebert stuck with her and let her make the right decisions for the horse too because the the trainers the people that are around the horses every day they're the ones that know the horse best and it's just really nice to see that all coming out to fruition and the owner was interesting too because he said you know we kind of thought we had a late developer and so we were thinking yeah, maybe we won't start till May or something yeah. and then uh Jenna said no nah, I think he did and he said yeah luckily we made the the right decision there and I guess they did certainly with the Belmont and the Travers and again vaulting to the head of the class but that was one of the nice we, we looked a little earlier also Gunite Echo Zulu uh, also nice performances on the day for Steve Asmussen who really over the past four or five years with sprinters it's just been phenomenal it is amazing and I thought it was a really big performance from Disarm in the Travers yeah. as well putting the blinkers on and I saw an interesting article that Archangelo over Disarm was kind of hearkening back to the Airgate over Gunrunner uh, in the Travers that year and, and how it's kind of interesting to see now as their progeny are on the racetrack and Echo Zulu um, and Gunai obviously both by Gunrunner and just I thought the performance by Echo Zulu was just jaw-dropping. Second the way one of the meet. She was dueling with a true champion, a really talented horse, and Goodnight Olive, and then she just kicked away from her. I thought it was just so impressive, and, and um, she's really a star. She's a horse I've always been a really big fan of, and it's not like she was beating up on an average field either. Yeah, no, yeah. Echo Zulu, again, the, the champion, and so it was a nice, in her second really nice performance uh, of the meet. So, um that was Saturday. Let's uh, take a look uh, 
today. Got a couple other topics to uh, cover, but we'll get some ideas for this afternoon. When you sat down, you know, we commented off the turf today, so that kind of limits our looks. But I'll, I'm interested to see where you go in race six, because my dark horse play of the day is in that race. But okay. first, first, let's go to race four. Um, fourth race today, allowance non-winners are one other than six and a half furlongs. I went with the Chad Klarovich runner thinking, you know, lightly raced, maybe comes back as an improved four-year-old. If so, might have a little bit of an edge in there. I went three, seven, four, and 6. What did you see in the fourth? I think it's an interesting race. So I I, uh, I do talking horses at the handicapping show on Thursdays, so I put full car picks out. And the other day is I handicap, but I don't do selections until I see them in the paddock. So kind of my general idea was that the race does go through liquidity provider because you automatically assume that there's going to be a step forward from three to four. And she won impressively back in October. We haven't seen her since then. And don't be scared. And I think we've, we've kind of been able to push aside this um, this idea that Chad Brown horse is coming from Monmouth and not necessarily right. the good ones. I mean, we've seen it time and again yeah. um, throughout this meet that Chad's horse is stable there and his team does a fantastic job. They come back ready. Um, I was actually just looking at my notes at a horse named Digitize who was stabled at Monmouth and came back with a huge improvement off of a big layoff. So you could absolutely assume that the same happens for liquidity provider. I thought Huntress for Hire was really interesting um, for Al Stahl. Um, my notes from her last time was that she was a little bit quiet and for a horse that ended up showing so much speed I just thought that she actually could improve off of that effort it she's had some spots in her races and she's now going in her second start off of it and then the nine um Adelaide's smile coming out of the victory ride you kind of have to sift through her past performances and you go to a race two starts back where she ran a big effort at a huge price. And maybe she's not quite as good enough as some of the other ones, but I think she's going to be a big price in this spot and might be overlooked. Uh, and I also want to mention Valleluia because I didn't mention that on the handicapping show earlier. Owned by local connections, and that is Robbie Davis and Jackie Davis, and they had the big popular win here last year. That at was big one of the price. coolest it moments Absolutely yeah. was. Uh, so just, again, have to mention that because I always like to root for the locals, yeah. and that would certainly be fun again uh, if they got back into the winner's circle this year. Um, you mentioned the notes uh, before we get to the sixth race. I want to touch on that because you mentioned uh, making the notes, and I applaud you and Maggie for your information. And part of that is you guys do bring the, the past information, which I think is very important in that if a horse is kind of acting up and you guys can say, that's that's just him. Or if it isn't, if the horse is doing a little something, uh, to me, that, that that's great information that you guys offer. I appreciate that. And, um, and we share our notes, too. You know, So if um, I covered a race that um, then Maggie sees the horse, she'll text me and say, hey, what did you think about this horse, and vice versa. Um, and so it's really helpful because we're able to go back and be able to have a real understanding of what's in character for that horse and it's not necessarily like you said is a horse acting up is a horse getting hot it's is that normal for that horse and being able to compare from last time to today i think is um, one of the most important um things that we bring to the table and and uh you know she's she's great to work with i've learned so much from her over the years being uh, involved with naira as well and so now it's kind of fun obviously we have our own styles as well but um we, we like i said we do share notes on any horse that either one of us has seen you said it earlier and i will validate Day. You guys are also very busy during the day. There's a lot of running back, and I, I, I'm maybe headed out to the paddock for something, and you guys will zip right by. Oh, me. what fast. Yeah, you guys, uh, which is television. You have to be someplace at a certain time, so I certainly understand it. But, yeah, I, I'll often laugh as you guys are zipping by with production people following in close pursuit 
Uh, sixth race today, as I said, my dark horse play of the day uh, in here. I'm taking a little shot with Ghost Giant, this uh, sixth horse, at 8-1. to one. I thought the class move was a little mm-hmm. bit interesting. Moves over to the dirt today for Dave Dong. I thought the class move may mitigate that a little bit. And at the 8-1, to one, I thought this horse kind of fits in here with a you know an interesting uh, class move. So for me, 6-4, and 5, what did you see in the sixth? It, well, it's really interesting. I mean, he's a very intriguing horse because of the big class drop, but he's actually never run on a fast dirt track before. Um, so, I mean, certainly I think he should be able to handle it if Dave Donk thinks he's training well over the main track, but it is a bit of an unknown in this spot. I, I, I thought it was actually a really competitive yeah. race, and if a horse like that could take a step forward, I think it could make sense. I think a lot of attention is going to be paid on Digital Future. It does come in off avoided claim, which I, I always say this when doing the paddock reports. If you don't know the story of why claim was voided it it could be a physical thing it could also be an administrative issue there could be several things but to me if it's a voided claim followed by a drop in class that's a little bit of a negative this was a horse that i liked last time and and didn't show up and so i'm going to be taking a step away from him because i actually wrote in my notes looks great you know so uh, when it's a horse that doesn't really show up like that and then you see a drop in class um I think you have to kind of try to find another alternative in here. I thought that the two air show was a little bit interesting. I think he has some early speed. Um, print track we know is going to the front, but not necessarily one who can always sustain it. And I think if air show could end up stalking, um, that could be the case for him. And then the eight super catch, it seems like Rob Atris is kind of starting to pick up a little bit and, and having a little bit more uh, of his runners. The source just ran so poorly last time and two starts back ran really well and and i had been a little bit of a fire breathing dragon in that effort as well so i'm hoping he can run back to that effort he just has some good races on the go back i like the six at eight to one you've got 12 to one and eight to one in there i'm gonna have to box up the two six (laughs) because i don't i don't want to be sitting on the sidelines should that uh, happen all right as i said got a couple more things i wanted to touch on you with um and one of them i had rick schossberg in uh what two weeks ago or whatever at uh, Aftercare Day. We talked Aftercare. And I know your organization was part of that. Um, the Racing for Home organization, which you put together as a young woman. So <laughs> applause there. But I know uh, you and your mom and your dad uh, had a little table over there for a while as part of the Aftercare Day. We have the website there if people want to learn more. Fill us in, though, on uh, Racing for Home. As I read about it, it seems like a, kind of a, a transition kind of a organization moving horses off the racetrack into a second career or into retirement ideally so um and there's me and my parents and that's a a racing for home graduate fire star at a at a horse show um which is really fun i mean my mom is is really the the heart and soul of the organization she gets to work hands-on with all the horses with my crazy schedule i wish i could have an opportunity to spend more time there um but it's uh it's tough so i kind of do the admin side of things and this year we did our first fundraiser up in saratoga as well we teamed up with the the great people over at old friends at cabin creek and we had a fundraiser called old friends and new friends um at nove which was a great success we're looking forward to doing it again next year so hopefully everybody can come out and um it's a lot of work putting an event yeah, yeah. on up here during the summer on top of everything else but uh the idea of racing for home is we rehabilitate rehome and uh retrain so 
of course, we'd love to adopt horses out, but we also end up taking a lot of horses that have injuries coming off of the track and need a long rehabilitation time. Some other aftercare organizations are wonderful and they place horses into new careers, but they don't really have the time or the facilities or the business model to have a horse that needs a long rehab time. So, you know, we have one that just started our training after a year and a half of, of just taking up space pretty much and they're a very beautiful lawn ornament um we've also taken two horses uh from caribbean thoroughbred aftercare in puerto rico um neither of them are riding prospects uh one is fish trap road who actually won the dwyer and was a really right, right, successful right. new york bred yeah. up here and um unfortunately ended up in a bad situation there and um he's uh, he's got a few health issues but he's been our spacked and and um we're really happy to be able to give him the life that he deserves and uh, we actually have a, a third horse that'll be coming from puerto rico uh, called changing leads as well so it's um it's definitely a, a labor of love but it's what i'm most proud of and what i've been able to do um in my little slice of the racing industry and, and again if you want to learn more donate or whatever uh, we have the website uh, right there uh, on the screen which uh, lets you learn a little bit more about that um i will also tout uh, one of your other projects you're involved with uh, p4 natal and uh in the money media yes. uh, you do one of their podcasts it's in the ring so you, yes. you your podcast concentrates i'm assuming by the name on sales yes it does yeah so it's uh, it's been really fun you know um pete and, and jonathan approached me a few years ago and they're hey you know i have this idea what do you think about it and I, think, I think it's really fun because i i've spent um a, a lot of time actually at the sales, which a lot of people don't really know. I, I used to shortlist for Dennis O'Neill, who's Doug O'Neill's brother, and I went to a lot of the two-year-old sales working with him, learned a ton from him, and obviously he's bought two Kentucky Derby winners, so he's a good person to work with. So I had that experience, and now I actually do a lot of the sales with my husband, uh, Miguel Clement, and um, it's a, you know, he looks for different things than, than Dennis, too, and I've learned a ton from Miguel as well, but I really um, enjoy the sales process. I enjoy looking through the pedigrees, looking through the physicals, and then you get a chance to follow those horses as you see them come. And it's also kind of a separate world sometimes to what's happening yeah. on the racetrack. So I've been able to interview a lot of consigners, bloodstock agents and kind of showing that side of the industry which i've really enjoyed a lot well i always say when we have the big sale down the street here I, yeah. as i talk about it in the mornings uh, leading into that i always say you think there's gambling over here yeah. go two blocks down there they, they are really gambling down there with yearlings that are getting seven figures uh and whatnot and i wanted to pull up one more thing because it was one way to to kind of kick off the season uh, it came out a little bit before the season. Cover Girl, yes. uh, Saratoga Living, you were a cover girl, and a really nice article by our friend Boye, Brian Boyer uh, over at the museum. Folks may remember he was with the Saratogian for yes. a while. Now he's with the museum, but still does a lot of writing. Did you know you were going to be on the cover? So actually, it's funny. When Brian first reached out to me about doing an article, he didn't tell me it was for the, the cover story. <laughs> um, so I, I didn't. I did the interview with him, and he was wonderful, and he's somebody I've, I've known for a long time as well. And then I got a message from... Uh, from Abby with the magazine saying, so for the cover shoot, and I said, oh, wow, okay, um, which was a lot of fun, and um, it, it's been a funny story. Um, we did the photo shoot at my father-in-law's uh, barn on the Oklahoma side, which is a beautiful spot, and had to coerce my husband to come in for one photo with me. Then the magazine came out, and he's looking through, and he said, what is this? Said, what are you talking about? It looks good, right? He says, 
you're on the cover. I'm on page 38. What happened here? <laughs> so, uh, but he's, you know, he's obviously uh, a really good sport. He made sure the bar looked great for the shoot, and it was a lot of fun. And then they put it in all of the boxes opening weekend. So um, I'm really, really grateful. It's been a lot of fun. Oh, I didn't know yeah. they put it in the box. And again, I think it's still the, the issue that's out there. Yes. People want to go around town. Uh, you can you can find it, and it, it was a nice article. Brian did a, a really good job uh, there. So uh, again, you can you can pick that up uh, also. And uh, Acacia, uh, oh, I, one other thing I wanted to mention because you mentioned Miguel, um, who again, son of Christophe Clement, and so you're kind of tied in with with uh, their runners, and certainly having another good meet. But I heard you talking, and I'm guessing with the training up here now being kind of April to October. Do you consider yourself, you and your husband, Miguel, kind of Saratoga residents now? Because I heard on the pregame show, I lived down in Boston Spa, and you were touting next door and the whistling kettle. And Yeah, we love Saratoga. So um, for those who don't know, my, my husband, Miguel, is this main assistant to his dad, Christoph. And so Miguel actually comes up to Saratoga May 1st and stays till about November 1st. So we consider Saratoga home. Um, when we go back to Belmont or to Aqueduct, I drive back and forth every week, like a lot of the horsemen yeah. do. Um, so drive up Sunday night, drive back down Thursday morning or whatever our schedule is for the week. So it's a lot of driving, but I, I love coming up here. I, I love getting a chance to call Saratoga home now. And then um, around Breeders' Cup time, either right before or right after, Miguel will go to Florida, Florida for the winter. Yeah. So um, we spend six months really up here, and he's six months in Florida. So um, we're, we're like most racing couples that we are basically like a traveling circus, and wherever the horses go, we go. Vagabond. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think a lot of people realize that, that, that uh, casual fans may not realize that the training goes on from yes. spring until fall now, and I think a lot of horsemen uh, Bill Mott's up here full-time. Yeah. Todd Pletcher has a string, Chad Brown. Um, but it's it's great in the spring and fall. It's so quiet. It's a really good spot to get the two-year-old started, you know, before the meet. And, um, you know, big big horses in the fall where there are some later developing types. And it's uh, it's just such a great place to train. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, we're happy to have you uh, and Miguel as, as part of the community up Thank here. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> and, again, uh, checking out those uh, Boston Spa restaurants. Great restaurants <laughs> in Boston Spa. We love it. Uh, Casey, really appreciate Appreciate the visit. It's been a while, so we're happy to have you in and uh, have a little chat and catch up on some of the other things as well. Thank Appreciate you. it. Good luck going forward. Thank you very much, Seth. Good to be here. All right, we'll wrap it up for this edition of Racing Across America. Again, now we're kicking off closing week here at Saratoga. Looks like it's going to be a gorgeous day now. The sun is out. The sky is blue. Don't forget uh, Clubhouse today. Uh, we do have a um, knockout challenge at the Clubhouse Racebook today, so you can pop on down for that. And don't forget, here at the racetrack, again, I found this interesting. As part of the Fan Appreciation Week, today uh, you have access to uh, the paddock suites, which, again, is I call it the treehouse, that uh, building outside of the paddock. You can go up and take advantage of that a few days this week. So uh, take, keep that in mind as the week goes forward here up at the racetrack as well. All right. Wrapping it up for Racing Across America on this Wednesday. Back in tomorrow morning, 9 a.m. Handicappers Award, 10 a.m. Racing Across America. We'll see you then. Capital OTV is now streaming live on Roku. The RTN Racing Channel on Roku lets you watch OTB TV live through your Roku device or your Amazon Fire Stick, rather than being limited to computers and mobile devices, which means you can now watch OTB live wherever you are. Simply open Roku, scroll to find the RTN channel, then click on OTB TV. OTB TV on Roku. Try it now. 
The Clubhouse Racebook is the Capital Region's new home for racing and sports. 25,000 square feet of Vegas-style action with live wagering on the best horse racing from around the world. 260 flat-screen televisions and state-of-the-art wagering terminals. So don't miss out. The fun is only minutes away at 711 Central Avenue, Albany, just off exit 5 of I-90. And don't forget, if you can't make it to the Clubhouse, you can always wager online 24-7 at CapitalOTV.com. Come on. I want sales reports on my desk by Monday. Whoops. My bad. Love racing? RTN brings you every live simulcast on your home television, plus live video streaming and race replays on your PC and mobile devices. To order, visit RTN.TV. RTN, a breed apart. You've been watching Racing Across America. Racing Across America has been brought to you by Pinnell's Restaurant, a Saratoga tradition since 1922. 284 Jefferson Street, Saratoga, just minutes from the track. And the Clubhouse Racebook, 711 Central Avenue, Albany. When you can't make it to the track, make it to the Clubhouse Racebook. Racebook.